like to just explore <coughs> a little bit the concept of joy. Um, um, the question I asked myself as I was preparing was um, about, you know, what, is it, what does it mean? To, what does joy really mean? And is it the same as happiness? Is it the same as delight? Is it the same as satisfaction and things like that, other concepts like that? And I, I went to Merriam-Webster, and um, the dictionary basically listed all those as synonyms. You know, happiness and delight and those things along with joy. And I think um, in, that kind of bothers us sometimes as Christians because we think maybe um, joy is, um, is sort of this abiding, lasting state of being and that happiness is kind of transient and temporary and circumstantial. And actually when you, yeah, I was looking up the etymology of it, it was, um, you know, happiness is, comes from a root that means to happen. So it would be kind of circumstantial. And then joy would come from a root that means to experience happiness. And so I was like, okay, I guess they really are a little more similar. Uh, and, and, and yet we tend to split hairs. But I propose that um, instead of just looking at the roots uh, of the, the words themselves, that we look at the source. Mm-hmm. And I would say that um, I propose to you today that the source of happiness, joy, delight, mm-hmm. satisfaction, um, all of those, that the source is the same. They all come from the same source. And so um, I'm going to mm-hmm. go to Jeremiah chapter 17. If you have your Bible and you want to turn. Um, starting with verse 5. Oh, and blessing. Blessing, happiness, joy, delight. That was what, what Bob? It's uh, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Okay. It says, um, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands, and he will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Mm-hmm. And I'll just stop there for a second. If if happiness really was circumstantial, um, there should be some really happy people in the world because there are people in the world that have some amazing circumstances that should, we would think, lead to happiness. And yet, um, I see those people in the news um, you see them in your neighborhoods or maybe even your own families and they have a lot and yet it hasn't resulted in happiness and this verse 6 to me is so telling when it says he will be like a bush in the wastelands and he will not see prosperity when it comes so it's not that they don't have prosperity or that it's just that um, they're depending on themselves and they can't it prevents them from actually seeing it Mm. And a, it's just a, a kind of a scary thought. Verse 7, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like um, a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Mm. So the person who's trusting in God is truly blessed because even when they don't have their roots have gone down deep, and so they still have this amazing 
blessing or um, joy that, that, that it comes into their lives. So our happiness, our joy, our blessing then comes from roots, roots that go down deep into, the, into God himself. So um, I brought a little visual for us today, a little, um, and so forgive me that everything ends up going back to Chinese, but um, it, that's just, oh well. So I brought you a bookmark, take one and pass it around, there's enough for everybody to have one. Are they, are they all the same? Or do you They're all the same. Okay. Yeah. No duck tongues? Not today. <laughs> People don't know what that means. Spicy duck tongues. Is this being recorded? <laughs> yes. Okay, so now that we all have our bookmark, um, the, 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 the flat line, it goes at the top mm-hmm. so that you know how to hold it. Um, I'd, like to take, I'd like to take the idea of joy and happiness and blessing one step further and talk about this character. This is my favorite character of all time. Um, in Chinese, it's pronounced Fu, and I know that Weibo knows this character. Um, in, as an aside, I should say that in, in Chinese culture, this would be considered the most, uh, one of the most auspicious characters, and it has to do mm. with luck and prosperity. Mm. And when Chinese New Year comes um, on January 30th, Chinese will put this um, in their house or on the door of their house, and they'll put it upside down. The word for upside down in Chinese and the word for arrive sound the same. So blessings come, they arrive from above. Mm. They come down, which is kind of a redemptive analogy, if you will. But um, looking at it right side up, all right, Chinese characters tell a little story. Not all Chinese characters, actually, but this one tells a little story. And so if you look at the left side, this character right here on the left, that character is um, a character called Shen. And it's one of the one of the characters that could be used to refer to God. Um, more often, God is referred to as Shangdi, but in Chinese. But um, when the Bible was being translated into Chinese, there was some debate over whether he should be translated as Shun or Shangdi. But anyway, we could translate it as deity or you know God. Okay. On the um, right hand side, the top line is the number one, right? Mm-hmm. And then underneath is the little square. Um, in Chinese, it's pronounced ko, and it's uh, the word for mouth. Okay? And then underneath, mouth. Mouth. And then underneath, this little, this little, these four squares together is tian, it means field. So, um, this idea of um, happiness or blessing, or it can also be translated luck, which is a word that really bothers us as Christians. Um, happiness, blessing, it is God and one mouth in a field. What does that mean? Well, if you've heard, if you can understand like a man saying, I have to go get a job because I have three mouths to feed at home. 
a mouth referring to a person. Uh-huh. And so this idea of one person and in the field would be where you live, where you work, where you go outside and play. It's, it's your life. So God and then one mouth in this place where you live equals happiness or mm. delight or blessing. Um, it's We're back to Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Um, but there's another character for people in Chinese. I'm going to take it one more step further. And I didn't give it to you, but it, if you can see... That's the Chinese character that's most often used for people, which is Ren. And it, that's the one, like, People's Republic of China, that people is this one. Um, if you go to a s- restaurant and you want to say there's three people in my party, this is the word you would use. Um, so that's people. So when you look at this character, that's not the character that was used for person. It was mouth. And I think that um, if I can just continue to extrapolate here um, in the providence of God the mouth is used because I believe that that represents hunger and that's where the joy comes from mm-hmm. it's the person who recognizes their hunger for God it's the person who recognizes like in Jeremiah the their need for God their dependence on God and hunger denotes weakness there's a weakness in hunger. There's a there's a lack, and as we understand that in our daily lives, we connect to God, and then out of that flows this amazing joy. Um, in Nehemiah, <coughs> over here, this is a scripture that we're all super duper familiar with. The um. You know that the Israelites were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and they were taken into exile in Babylon and then 70 years later they were they were restored. They got to go back. Whoever was wanted to go back, go back. And so when they got back, you can imagine um, what they went back to. The temple was destroyed, the walls were down, Everything had been burned and destroyed. There were um, weeds and um, everything, just terrible things just growing there, wild animals, and only the poorest of the poor people had been left behind. So it was really a bad situation. And the people go back, they build, the, they start working on the temple first, later the walls. But in Nehemiah chapter 8, starting at verse 7, it says the Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there and they read from the book of the law of God making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read okay so you've got this picture they're kind of having a service I suppose and it says then Nehemiah the governor Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who were (laughs) instructing the people said to them all this day is sacred to the Lord your God do not mourn or weep For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the Lord. So we can imagine that they might have been weeping because they and mourning and grieving because, I mean, they can see very plainly what they've lost, the the time that they've lost, the relationships that they've lost, the people who would have, you know, in their families that they would have lost. 
their own and, and recognizing as they hear the word of the Lord that it's their own sin, it's their own wrong choices that have caused all these things to be taken from them. And and yet Nehemiah says to them in verse ten, Go don't he says, Don't don't weep. He says, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared this day. Uh, this day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is this this knowledge and this understanding you have that you you're so dependent on God. You understand that now. That is where your strength will come from. As much as you're able to simply receive with the open mouth, you receive the strength of the Lord. You receive the strength of the Lord. You stay connected. Um, in James chapter 1, verse 2, you don't have to turn there. Consider it pure joy. We all know it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, where Paul is talking about how he delights in weaknesses. There's that word delight. Okay, all these words being somewhat synonymous for joy. He takes his joy in weakness. How could you take your joy in weakness? How could you find trials to be pure joy if you weren't connected, if your roots didn't go, if you weren't, if you didn't approach God with the understanding that mm-hmm. I'm just receiving and keeping that open, keeping the posture, keeping the posture of an open mouth. I see this vision of like the birds and the nest and the mom's <laughs> coming and they just, you know, that open mouth and that we come to God like that. So needy and so desperate and so ready to receive everything that he has for us. And so um, I would just say, you know, you, I just wanted to give you a visual reminder. So when you see that, you remember that, um, that that God plus one hungry mouth in the place where you live every day equals your joy, your happiness, your blessing, your prosperity. Amen. So, hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen.